Clubhouse. And this is Mike. Welcome to another edition of Interview with a Podcast. Tonight we're talking with Drew and Danny from It's a Musical Podcast. <laughs> hey guys, how are you guys doing? Joining us all the way from across the pond. How is sunny, sunny London? Actually, really sunny right now. It's like 22 degrees. Wow. wow. That's, that's Celsius for all y'all. I Americans. was just going to say, I don't know what that means. Is it cold or warm? I, I think that puts it like somewhere wow. in the 70s uh, for us Fahrenheit people. Something it like is that. the first day I have not needed my winter coat since hey. December, and it's yeah. been glorious. I love yeah. that. That's a good day. That's a very good day. There's something very refreshing about spring, you know, they're, they're, they're being able to take off your coat and have your windows open for the first time. It's also the time when new Broadway shows were coming to stage. Usually it's all, you know, are coming out right about now or they should be. They're not now because we live in the end times. But back, <laughs> back in the or before the times, times right? yeah, I love I love a good springtime when you're, when you're learning about new shows. So you guys run It's a Musical podcast. Tell us more about that. Why this podcast? When did you start it? What was the reason for starting it? Take us to the beginning. So I'm Drew. People get us mixed up because we have both got quite unisex names. I get a lot of messages being like, oh, Drew, blah, blah, blah. He's so funny. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, great. So when we started dating, I am obsessed with musicals for those who have heard the podcast can tell. Danny had not seen very many except for some like really specific ones. I was like, no, no, you've got to watch this musical and started trying to force him to watch them. And I think you actually brought up one day, Danny, we should do a podcast about yeah. this or a show about this. Well, it made the first few dates a little bit awkward because we're trying to figure out what we've got in common. And here you are trying to get that common ground of, mm. hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? I'm like, no. And then you have that awkward time <laughs> for a bit whilst you think about, well, how can we get this topic back on board? And yeah, I think it was maybe around September where we thought, you know, this could be a podcast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd, we'd spoke about it. We started writing a list. You know, we thought, that's a great premise. She's going to introduce her boyfriend, who's a drama teacher who has directed shows <laughs> and apparently doesn't know enough musicals. We we made plans. We wrote down a, we wrote down a massive list of, of musicals that I had not seen, and I I have never felt more judged in my life. <laughs> I have to know, Danny. Why? What what's your deal? How did you miss all the musicals? What did you do here? I was like playing video games as a kid, and you know I re- was reading books. And the area that I'm from in England doesn't get much culture, and you know it, it's a good three-hour train journey to London. It was never accessible for me. And I loved performance and I, I loved it via the medium of film. But I just didn't have the exposure to musicals as, as much as I'd like to. And it became like my secret shame. You know, I just kind of <laughs> nod in conversation at drama school and just act like I knew what everyone was talking about. They start never... snapping and like walking towards you. And you're like, I totally know what this is. Right now. But this is the, the funny thing. Is... You actually haven't seen that one. No, but I know, oh, no. That, I know that from Scrubs. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love all of your cultural references because I think musical theater is important for everyone just because you'll understand animated comedies so much better. I've listened to a bunch of the episodes getting ready for this because this was a great find for me. I'm a big musicals guy, so I'm always looking for a podcast about musicals in any form. And I love your references because that's your way into it. I understand the Simpsons reference. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The best one, I think, was we were watching The Wiz. And I just started singing the song, the, the can you feel a brand new day? And I was like, how do you know this? And I just said, <laughs> I think it's in Family Guy. And sure enough, we searched it. We found it in yeah, Family gosh. Guy. And it's, it was Pretty just. Pretty much everything is in Family Guy. You know, <laughs> yes. it's the joy of this show. Seth MacFarlane is a big music guy. I mean, he's yes. a big jazz and musicals guy. So all of his shows are infused with this, which you have all these people who are like, I love fart jokes. <laughs> but they're getting like culture and they don't even realize they're getting kind of like this aspect of culture that they would otherwise if you said oh well you know several lyrics from the whiz and from west side story they'd be like fuck you you know like <laughs> well there's a whole family guy episode for my fair lady so we that was one of the fifth one the fifth one we watched I think so. and i just suddenly was like oh my god 
there's a whole episode of Family Guy that's just this. It's crazy how much of this culture has kind of penetrated my musical fortress. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I already know a lot of this. And the joy of this for me is not just finally getting to have those conversations with Drew. I start to piece things together and I get the reference. It's like in, that, it's like in um, uh, Avengers when Cap says, I get that reference. Like, that's how I feel. Right. <laughs> well, there, there's a little bit of a funny setup here, though, because you are a drama teacher who yes. doesn't really have a background in musical theater, which is the, you know, wacky cousin to drama. Drew, you're the musical theater buff, but you don't have any formal training in musical theater. Is that right? Like, or is it it's just a passion? Or what's your what's your connection to musical theater as a... Um, <laughs> kind of. So I... The first musical I ever saw was I was two years old and my mum took me to see Beauty and the Beast in the West End, which had John Barrowman in it. And we're obsessed with him now, which is hilarious to me. I, I grew up 20 minutes away from London. It was not difficult to go and see a show. Very privileged in that sense. Like I got to do all of those things. And my I think the second musical I ever saw was Cats. <laughs> and like, So I have all of the... The being taken to musicals and things because my mom loves them almost as much as I do. Then I went to drama clubs and drama schools growing up. And then when I went to sixth form, which is like the last two years of high school, but it's separate in the UK, I went to a performance school. So I did oh, amazing. Your time is up. Thank you for playing our game and we'll talk to you that next would be week. Awesome. <laughs> You've won she three. said the secret word. She said the secret word. <laughs> You've won a lifetime supply of spam. Oh my god! It's literally our doorbell. It's the worst noise in the That's whole funny. world. I don't know. I love that, that you is. say that. Okay. You're like someone's at the door. It's the worst sound in the world. It really is. In COVID times, no one's supposed to come anywhere. No one's supposed Go to try home. to look at us face to face. Just leave it at the door, like you know to. Yeah. I don't want anything. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I I went to sixth form college in the UK and I went to a performance-based one and I am not a huge performer. I was a backstage kid growing up. When I did perform, it was like... Like, I wouldn't do it at school. I did it in my theatre club that I went to on a weekend, but I wouldn't do it at school. I wouldn't perform in front of people I knew. And then I hit, like, 16 and was suddenly like, yep, this is me, front and centre. Let's be the one that's in the spotlight. And then just got really into it and started obsessing over shows. And that's how I made all my friends and how we got to know each other. So I'm an art teacher. I'm not... (laughs) a music teacher or anything but you're creatively adjacent though and that makes sense don't you have a you have a connection to little shop of horrors did i hear that i feel like i heard that yeah so i <laughs> oh man her fa- her hands were literally in front of her face <laughs> ashamed. Well, I heard it. don't be ashamed come on you're good let's go i'm shamed by the thought of the costume i had to wear oh it sounds like you were a vine no i was audrey (laughs) oh you were you were the left arm of audrey oh no i was just audrey oh oh my god caroline you got to share with her our little connection to little shop no you you share it well we produce another show here at pod clubhouse called decorating the set uh from hollywood to your home with beth kushnick beth is a like 35 year veteran of set decorating uh, for tv and movies she's she's been the set decorator on a bunch of shows and movies that you have seen and loved and been like wow that looks cool and then she's the one who's actually done that work we learned we did an episode with her one of our first season episodes with her was going back to the beginning of her career the first like show she ever worked on she started in theater before moving over to commercials television and then movies was little shop of horrors she was a set designer on the original off-broadway broadway run of little shop of horrors and she was the big vine and she got to play one of like when audrey 2 is like the big monster towards the end she was like one of the moving appendages from backstage uh, of of Audrey too, yeah. Yeah, oh, so. it's so cool. When I heard that, I was like, "Little Shop of Horror connection." Yeah, so. that's so weird. Because so the reason I played Audrey is because I went and did Camp America, and I worked at a summer camp in America for two summers. They did a staff show every year, and they were like, "Hey, we're doing Little Shop of Horrors this year," and I was like, "Right, that's it. I have to be in this. I have to be in Little Shop of Horrors. I'm obsessed." So I auditioned thinking I would end up as like, you know, the left vine. 
and got cast as Audrey. And But my job at the, the summer camp, because it was a musical theatre camp, was to build all the sets. That was my whole my whole job. So I painted all the sets and then got to be in it as well, which was great. Uh, so you got to make your own vine suit? Yeah. Or is that wardrobe? Is that more set uh, or is that more wardrobe? I mean, it's a summer camp, so I did everything. Right? <laughs> You're like, it's summer camp, dude. I, I was the MC. I was the vine. I was Audrey. <laughs> I love it. I love I'm it. I'm very lucky to see the video of your some of your performance. Yeah. And there's a great thing with you and Audrey are fed to the plant. Oh, yeah. You're having the time of your life just sliding on down there and getting, mm-hmm. like, destroyed. <laughs> it's hilarious. And that, I love sound, it. that sounds like Patreon content to me. That's I don't <laughs> no, it's so bad. I have the whole thing. On That's TV not TV the point. Seeing you as a young plant TV. woman, that's the point. <laughs> so we built this giant Audrey 2 that had like a slide inside of it. When we built it, it was wood and we were like, oh yeah, that, that'll hurt. Let's put some fabric inside. And we used satin. And every single time somebody slid through the Audrey 2, you would skin your arms like oh, on the satin. It's the worst fabric we could <laughs> Y'all are like sliding down friction. Yeah, so <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Well, you guys, let's get back to your podcast because I am so curious now that we know that Danny's got this like huge void, not only just in the, the musical that he hasn't seen, but also maybe in his heart, I'm thinking, because you oh, know yeah, he's missed out on a lot of this. How do you guys pick what you watch each week? I try to pick things that are related to each other that like I can find some kind of link with. But then also because in the UK, unfortunately, things like Netflix don't have a huge load of musicals on them. Like there's way more in America and other countries, but we don't have access to them. So sometimes it is just a case of what we can get our hands on. And sometimes it's we watch a couple of really modern ones in a row and I'm like, nope, I need to jump back in time now. Let's get some like 60s musicals going. It's going to be great. If you guys are ever looking, uh, I don't know if Amazon has Broadway HD in the UK available? No, it does not. Oh, it doesn't? Oh, they, they're fantastic. That's how I've been trying to introduce my son to shows while we can't go see anything live. I've been kind of like, every couple of weeks, I'll make him sit down and watch something from, from there. So. It was supposed to get here, like July of 2020. And I don't know if that kind of stopped because, you know, end times. But we've, you know, we keep our fingers crossed because there's so much good content on Broadway HD that we're just so eager for it for it to finally come over here and access it. One of the things we've been quite lucky with during lockdown was Andrew Lloyd Webber and YouTube partnered up for The Shows Must Go On. Each week, every Friday, there would be a brand new musical up on YouTube for 72 hours. Some of them we just watched for fun. There was a Peter Pan with Christopher Walken. Oh my God, yeah, Peter Pan Live. <laughs> Some of them were... The Phantom of the Opera were mm-hmm. Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. And we sat, we watched and took notes and thought, right, let's, let's cover this because it is on this week. Mm-hmm. And it would mean like call an audible, yeah. let's cover this. Or when Kinky Boots aired, we recorded it a month in advance because mm-hmm. we thought we need to do this because we don't know when we'll see it otherwise. Yeah, and there was some like that that you we would just never be able to see because like Kinky Boots closed ages ago now. So, and I don't think that was reopening. And Ruthless, we would never have seen Ruthless if not for that. You would never have seen. Well, I I would never have seen Ruthless. (laughs) As you've gone on, and I love that your first one, the first episode you guys did was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, uh, an Andrew Lloyd Webber classic that not enough people know about, uh, and better than like say Aspects of Love or Love Never Dies. Mm-hmm. Definitely better than Love Never Dies. Oof! What a barker! And I'm like Weber fan, Andrew Lee Weber fan, and uh, man, that is a tough show to get through. Danny, have you found like a, an appreciate? Like, how has your view over the last year plus now that you've been doing this changed, or has it changed? Are you like, you know what? As it turns out, I really haven't like missed much with musicals based on what I've seen. I always, I mean, I was always interested in musicals. It just was more a case of sometimes the topic, especially with some of the older ones, like the Rogers and Hammerstein era I just they looked old and didn't necessarily interest me mm. I've always been quite a fan of like some of the Andrew Lloyd ones that I had seen so I was very lucky to get to see School of Rock when it was was live in London and direct School of Rock but I just hadn't seen a lot of the other ones and I kind of knew the jokes when they refer to Evita or to 
Phantom of the Opera, but I just didn't really want to see them. There are some people that I still I still don't get. I think you've yet to introduce me to a Rodgers and Hammerstein I truly loved. They are very of the time. Like Cinderella was just okay. Carousel is maybe the only one that we've covered that I think I liked by Rodgers and Hammerstein. So I think the jury's still out on them, but there's a lot of Disney ones that I'd never seen before. And I just wonder, how did I have a childhood without Mary Poppins? Oh my Lord, that's upsetting. I know. I'm I'm like very upset. You don't even know the entire time y'all are like saying like, oh no, we don't have access to that. Like my brow is like furrowing and furrowing. Like we need like a writing campaign or something. Like what's up with y'all in england that y'all are not giving your citizens access to musicals how can your hills not be alive with the sound of music i mean I what are we understand. even doing <laughs> disney plus has been great for that yeah disney plus has actually been really good and we always sound like we're sponsored by them and like i wish but <laughs> we all wish we all wish <laughs> i guess some of the sweet sweet disney money it sounds like you guys are definitely you know thoughtful about doing like you said the more modern and then kind of going back in time and trying to find something older. Do you think about your demographic when you're choosing different shows? Like, are you thinking, okay, we want to catch some like younger viewers. So maybe we're going to do like a SpongeBob this week, or, you know, we want to catch some older ones. Like, let's get some 42nd Street out here. You know, how do you, how do you kind of think about that in terms of your listeners? You know, we've noticed that sometimes a lot of the newer ones do better. Hmm. So we recently covered High School Musical. We found lots of people liked High School Musical. Except for you. Except for me. But more people tune into those ones. And we find, I I think, you know, our demographic certainly seems to be a a lot more of a younger fan base. Hmm. You know, people who've grown up with musicals at least as well. But sometimes when we do the older ones, they just don't necessarily perform as well. So we have less of them. You know, and there's a lot of older shows we'd love to cover but because the demand seems to be more in line with some of the Disney ones or with a Billy Elliot or a Star Kid, we tailor ourselves more to them because of the demographic. Yeah, we also have a whole bunch of our students that listen to us now um, Ah. because it doesn't matter what you do, they will find you on the internet. (laughs) And they did, and now they listen to the podcast. So we go into work and they're like, oh, I listened to you last night. (laughs) Great. Oh, wow. Just saying it like that is upsetting. <laughs> we we had a we had a podcast come on and um one of the hosts was a substitute teacher and he was like, I don't even know if I want to use my real name. <laughs> and I was like, That's okay. You definitely don't have to give it. I think in fact he didn't. I think he yeah, revealed yeah. he was using He didn't like give a, a last name, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, it's quite nice. We do get kind of instant feedback. I did have a really good conversation. So we dropped High School Musical and I was not a fan. I think, you know, I should have watched that one when I was 15. I think, you know, watching it the week I turned 31 was, you know, definitely not the right thing. But I had a really lovely conversation with some of my students who they tried to do what Drew couldn't and convinced me that High School Musical isn't all that bad. And it was really lovely to have that as a conversation with them. The fact that they were so engaged like you know part of our job as a teacher is we want to engage kids and you know we want them to be interested in our subjects but also in the world around them and Mm -hmm. the fact that you know my drama students came up and like right how are you not a fan of high school musical how could your partner not be any more clear about this i'm like well (laughs) here's my complaints you know and eventually they were more on my side but they're like i'm still gonna love high school musical anyway so i'm like good please do (laughs) well it's also a great lesson about the same way i think also with plays but musical theater musicals in particular hit you differently depending on the your age like those kids who are into high school musical now when they are in their mid 30s and or you know begin to have kids and they sit back and watch it very likely are going to go lord you know what was i thinking (laughs) yeah you know or if you watch like uh drew you said you your first one was uh barrelman beauty and the beast you know if you Mm -hmm. go back and watch as as a grown adult some of the disney musicals they don't hit as well or they don't stand up as well or the plot holes or the contrivances don't don't sit as well as an adult as they did when you were a kid or a young adult kind of thing. So it's, it's yeah. an interesting experiment to go back and revisit them. I don't know if you guys have had that experience or Drew for stuff that you've seen. If you've gone back now showing Danny and been like, you know what, I actually didn't like that as much as I did maybe when I was younger. I have a terrible memory and it's, a, <laughs> it's like a, a real issue, but whenever we watch things like we've just done funny girl and 
watching that, I was like, I don't remember most of this. <laughs> and I, the last time I saw it, I was like 18. Yeah. I think there's only been two where I've really changed your perspective of it from watching it where you, you've not watched it for a while and you go mm. back and I think it was Legally Blonde in Kinky Boots that watching it with me, I perhaps ruined it for you. Kinky Boots, definitely. But I made you aware <laughs> of things that you weren't aware of and maybe that's because yeah, and know, like, time has passed. Yeah, the passing of time definitely changes how you look at things. And like just getting more educated, you know? Oh, for sure. Culturally, it's really hard. Some that when you're talking about Disney, I'm like, princesses look a lot different to me now at my age than they did when I was little. You know, now I'm kind of like, girl, maybe you should figure that problem out for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but what we wouldn't give for a fairy godmother. Yes. I know, right? Please. Every day I need a magic wand up in here. <laughs> I'm just waiting to find out that I'm secretly like a princess of a small European country. That would be great. That would be fantastic. But then you'll need a makeover right away. First things first right that's how it works in I'm movies okay and that. tv uh, unfortunately it's going <laughs> do to be do you wear glasses and overalls because that's the only way we can start a makeover i actually do yeah <laughs> and a ponytail those three things and then now we will take your glasses off let your hair down and not wear overalls and that's your entire makeover that's it yeah. we've done it Thanks. option b <laughs> yeah, involves small woodland creatures redoing yes. uh, doing your makeover i could get on board with that too we have been encouraging <laughs> the birds to come near the balcony mm-hmm. you guys can i tell you guys a secret just the three of us Mm-hmm. You three, and then also me. So four of us actually <laughs> doing some different math there. I have thought about lots of times of getting a little tattoo of a little bluebird on my shoulder because I think it's adorable. That no, would be a great tattoo. But then I worry it looks like the Twitter bird, and then I don't want people <laughs> to think I'm about tweeting. And that. Well, you are, but you are a personality involved in social media, so I so think maybe it's it, both. It works on multiple levels. I'm both a princess with a little blue bird on my shoulder, and also I tweet. On her left <laughs> shoulder, she has the Instagram camera, so she's <laughs> right. I mean, we're getting towards Twitter changing their logo now, right? It's been like five years since they updated it. Ooh, so maybe I can get in. I'll be like an old school tweeter then in that case. (laughs) I don't know if that's better. (laughs) So a lot of the podcasts that we talk to you guys say, hey, I want you guys to listen, listeners out there who are listening to this interview, but I do not want you to listen to our first one because for a variety of reasons, technical stuff, or we didn't even know our names yet, please don't listen to that one. So for you guys, do you feel like there's a great entry point if someone was listening today and saying, I really want to check out this musical podcast, where do you want them to go? Where do you feel like your mojo was really gelling? I 100% agree. Don't go listen to the first one. Because I edited that and it's terrible. And Dan now edits everything. But like, it was bad. And so yeah, don't don't go listen to Joseph. There's a lot of nice things about Joseph. Like there's a lot of you can see where we've become. Like I would never I, I know a lot of podcasts like, oh, we listen back to the first one, we hate it. And there's a lot that I'm like, yeah, it, I wish I could redo that one with, mm-hmm. you know, a year's perspective. But actually it's quite interesting to see, you know, the early intro music that you designed for it and you know how a lot of the show has evolved since that first one, you know, the me singing interlude and the addition, <laughs> and then the outro music event like it's quite yeah. fun to see the journey but again yeah <laughs> don't listen to joseph. Don't listen, joseph but like i think the best way to start is choose a musical that you know and that would be funny to try and explain to somebody who's never seen it because that's essentially what i have to do every episode so like if you if you've seen mamma mia and you love mamma mia go listen to that episode because you're only gonna learn something you know <laughs> And also, it's Mamma Mia. It's, you know, who doesn't oh, like yeah. Mamma Mia? So, <laughs> I think the first one that I truly felt, like, passionate about and was like, oh, yeah, this one, this one feels special was My Fair Lady because it just yeah. felt like we were vibing. We'd mm-hmm. kind of got the routine down. You know, even when editing, you could hear there was such, like, a passion through. Like, there are some great episodes where I don't enjoy the show in the same way Drew does. And we mm-hmm. always try to be impartial. You know, we try to be fair. But there are some, like rent yeah and like high school musical where and oklahoma where that was a challenge and they're fun for a different reason you know just to kind of hear the passionate like oh this is awful this was this was a very <laughs> difficult time to, to to watch a show but they're fun for different reasons i think we've also got two great bonus episodes where it's just if you just you know as, as an entry Drew quizzing me on musical theatre. Mm-hmm. They're half an hour long, and I think they're really great. You know, if you've listened to a musical one and you, you, you know, you want to see more about 
us and and get to sense our dynamic there's two really good ones there's a name that quiz and a name that song and i mm-hmm. think they you know a you can play along and see how much better you are than me but also you just you get a sense of our dynamic and i think they're really fun to listen to as well mike i have to ask you i never had considered how a musical like oklahoma would be received by our Londoners here. And I think they were I think they were watching the revamped version of Oklahoma. I never thought about that. You guys, is that like completely weird? Is it like why are we watching this? <laughs> like- yeah, the banter to your Oklahoma episode is fantastic. You know, I Googled Oklahoma. Uh, you probably forgot the exclamation point, and so you got a lot of stuff about the state, and 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 instead of the musical necessarily. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, when I started, because I sit down and do the research for the episodes, and I literally googled just Oklahoma, and was like, "What is all of this information?" Oh yeah, okay, okay I forgot. Which it's is funny <laughs> because when you asked what I knew about Oklahoma, I could tell you stuff about the state, which yeah. you're like, "How do you?" know? I loved as Caroline is a is a Texan, and so I don't know if she's heard that episode, but I love that you the one of the only things you know about Oklahoma is their football rivalry with Texas. Ah, Red River Shootout, baby. <laughs> Just like Boom Asuna, you know, that's, that's one of the few things I knew about Oklahoma. So I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah, but I think I think the majority of it made sense. There are a few things like the party that they're going to, like mm. a, being a barn raising party and stuff like that. But the um, it was more the, the like sexism. Right. I mean, it's an old musical. Yeah, it's a yes, it's old musical that takes place even fifty years before the musical came out. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I think it's like nineteen oh six, nineteen oh five is when the musical is staged. Yeah, so it hasn't aged well from a progressive standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's also kind of like Rent, though. And so it's one of those things that is a real time capsule of a very specific period and place in time. You know, Oklahoma doesn't translate well necessarily across the world and across the time spans. And I don't know that Rent does either. Uh, I love Rent because I was uh, early, a young adult, uh, an 18, 19 year old when I saw it in New York City, where... I was I knew the people in that musical kind of thing like those were mm-hmm. characters those were people represented people like in my life at that time so it resonated with me but my son has listened to parts of it and he's like I don't get why like why why does everyone have AIDS in this show like you know like why can't they pay their rent and they're still like, you know, like, like he's just like I don't understand this world so it doesn't hit him as well kind of thing uh, plus the movie is trash and no one should watch it <laughs> so you should only watch the Broadway show. I maintain that the movie would have been better if Mark was played by a woman, because then I I think he'd be likable. Interesting. <laughs> I see. I love Anthony Rapp though. So maybe I just want to play Mark. But like, oh, well, Mark is great. <laughs> see, yeah, I know. I was always a Roger guy. Like the amount of times I've I've belted out one song, Glory, in my car mm-hmm. is embarrassing. See, on the drive here, you know, we we did have Rent play, and I just love driving to that song. Like I think. Mm-hmm. That some of the some of the songs are great, and I will belt along to out tonight just because I love the notes in that one. Well, that's you've got three rent songs on your playlist. So Danny's started when we started doing the show to compile just a huge musical theatre playlist of the songs that he liked from the films we've watched and the musicals we've watched. And from Rent, you've got Rent, Out Tonight, and Tango Maureen, Tango. which is my favourite one. And I've got La Vie Bohème. Yeah. But I hate how they did that in the movie anyway. So. Yeah. Yes, it's not good. Guys, don't watch the movie of Rent. It will ta- it will tarnish the experience mm. for you. Do not do yeah. it, please. This is my own personal. I mean, there's just so many slime tutorials of it on the internet that you can go watch instead. So, <laughs> But it is a CD that holds up very, very well for just mm-hmm. music to listen to. Yeah. I yeah. still regularly listen. Not so much Act 2. Act 2 has some good songs. You Are What You Own, uh, obviously sleeve you know 525,600 minutes is seasons of love yeah so there are some good act two songs but all the bangers are really in act one yeah in that show. it's act so. one that's that's the yeah that's the best well nothing good ever happens after the interval act two is where you cry it's i mean go, people go watch hamilton there's some yeah. fun rap battle stuff at the beginning of act two and then you're just gonna cry for a good solid 30 minutes <laughs> lulled into a full sense of security with hamilton but you know it's still so beautiful yeah 
So we heard in one of the podcast episodes, I think it was, uh, Drew, you were talking about representation and, and changing gender roles, and you just brought up that you would like to play Mark uh, in Rent if you had the opportunity to. Uh, talk a little bit about that and, and how that's affected maybe how you're watching these and showing Danny these episodes, and especially as teachers and, and high school kids growing up and now are dealing with gender roles in a way that we probably didn't when we were their age. Talk a little bit about how that's affecting how you're kind of going through and watching these shows. It definitely changes my perspective of a lot of characters and i don't know whether it's just because so i'm queer and i project that a lot onto to movie characters because obviously there's not a whole lot of representation which is crazy because you know broadway is such a diverse wonderful place so i think there's a lot of shows where i'm like looking at it from the perspective of my queer brain and being like oh but this character they come across in this way and so I'm gonna identify with that and this is my person now and that's great then looking at it from the perspective of being a woman as well and a lot of the old ones including like My Fair Lady which we both love but even that there was so much in that episode where we talk about like oh wow she's treated horribly by all of these men and when I was a kid, I definitely didn't notice. And like even things like High School Musical, just the treatment of the girls in that, it's, it's the same thing. And it's just like, oh, okay, cool. It's just everywhere. But one of the things that was quite nice about High School Musical was, for those of you that have never listened to us before, before we actually watched the film, we kind of talked for 20 to 30 minutes about what do I know about this show? Mm-hmm. And my perception was that, you know, Troy Bolton was just going to be a douchebag. I just thought there was going to be no redeeming features about him and he was going to get better through, through knowing Gabriella. And yeah, then like actually, stereotypical job, job character. I thought the representation of Troy was so amazing for something of its time to show like this this teenage boy character who was insecure about who he was and actually struggling to find his real voice. And, mm. you know, I didn't see that when I was growing up. And, you know, there were issues with the High School Musical, but it was one that surprised me with some nice representation at times. Yeah, and it only gets better in the second one, so... <gasps> Are you guys finding as you watch more modern shows that it's handled better or is it, I mean, High School Musical aside and and Disney is being more focused on this now, but even, yeah, even as they do their remakes of, of their old classic animated cartoons, Disney is focusing more on representation and, and the treatment of the sexes differently. But do you guys see that as you watch something from more recent versus something from the middle the 20th century? I don't know that it's necessarily handled better. It's handled differently, for sure. Kinky Boots disappointed me yeah. because I felt like they'd... It's a really progressive show. Mm-hmm. And you then have Lola getting dead named. And the fact that there's never a big apology or a, this is why this is wrong. And it just killed my love of Charlie as a character off because he's the person we identify with in this world. Like, we see it through his gaze. And for him to, you know, to treat Lola as atrociously as he does and kind of get away with it yeah. mm-hmm. for a show that is so progressive. That really surprised me. Mm-hmm. And again, Legally Blonde, where the idea is that, you know, women can do anything and we still have, you know, slut shaming for me. I was surprised and that's mid two thousands. And I was, you know, surprised by some of the elements there and things, you know, I think we are coming a long way, but there's still work that needs to be done. And maybe I see it more because I'm not watching it for the first time when it came out. You know, I'm seeing it now with a 2021 mindset of, I know I need to do better. Here's me having educated myself and watching things that I think, wow, this doesn't stand. And as a director, if I was to ever, you know, work on the show with my students, that's being cut, that's being cut, and this is being reworked. Mm -hmm. And we definitely... The older musicals are sort of the era of like men treating women badly. Seven and then, brides for seven brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we got into the sort of early 2000s era of like women against women, like in Legally Blonde. Yeah. And then hopefully I feel like we are now getting towards the like, hey, let's just have characters and not make them pit them against each other for gender stereotypes or roles or norms. I think some of the more modern ones are doing a really good job with things like that. Obviously, there's people love to gender things, and there's always, I think, going to be that for as long as people stick to those norms and they keep coming up and we keep reviving things and not updating them. It's going to keep happening, unfortunately. Like, if thinking about the Disney remakes, 
I love Disney. I love Disney so much, but they are not making those better. <laughs> no, I mean, I, as, a, as, a, as a brand, I think the remakes are actually pretty bad and i don't like them that's so bad oh that's so bad i think there's so much there's so much context though and i hate even having to say this but there's so much like when you go watch like the disney like early the disney renaissance movies in 89 mm-hmm. through like 99 you really have to appreciate just the time and place that they were in there you know yeah. watch little mermaid but you have to appreciate the time when little mermaid came out you know yeah. and 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 well, just the whole idea of the prince saves the princess kind of thing it was always problematic but it just wasn't an issue discussed then so mm-hmm. you know i don't know there there's a little bit of having to put your current brain on the shelf and watch it contextually i think yeah yeah it's the same thing that we'll watch i i'm a fan of south park and i know south park isn't the most popular thing but you have to watch it. And the same with Family Gun and the Simpsons. There is a lot of problematic language and a problematic history that to credit of a lot of these these institutions, they are evolving with the times. But if you ever do want to watch back the older classical episodes, you do have to kind of go in with the mindset of there is going to be a lot that I disagree with now. Does mm. that change my enjoyment of it? And it's a kind of, like you say, you have to put your brain on hold and just take it for what it is, a product of the 90s, the pro- a product of the 80s. We had this recently. Caroline and I host a podcast called 52 Weeks of Christmas, where mm-hmm. for a year leading up to Christmas of 2021, we're watching a Christmas movie or a special each week and talking about it. And uh, we just, we recently did Bad Santa, now, oh, yes. I, I was a huge fan of Bad Santa back in like 2003, <laughs> four, and yeah. I was in my early 20s. I did not like it nearly as much now as a 43 year old. I, I just, I was like, man, I've moved so far, so far beyond this kind of humor. Not that it offended me. I wasn't clutching my pearls, but it was like, I don't even remember why I found some of this funny. I agree. I, yeah, that one I watched the first time two years ago in a, in a long time. And I thought, wow. how did i find this as funny as it was and it's shock humor isn't it and it is yeah i mean it's classic frat humor it's it's mostly just puke and vomit and and piss on yourself jokes which is it is i mean mean, if you were if you remove those three things the movie's only about 10 minutes long if you remove all of those things as a taste palette cleanser to legally blonde try and find a video version of mean girls the stage version of Mean Girls. Oh yeah, I've seen that. It's so good. It's it's so, it's so good. good, and it, it it still deals with the girl versus girl anger things that you get in the movie. Oh, it's so much better. Yeah, it handles it in a really positive way, and it's not nearly as vicious. It's not women taking women down, and they're fantastic leads. I mean, the the musical is solid. The music is solid. It's just a very enjoyable show that you can watch as an adult. Or you know, I saw it with my son, who is a preteen. He's about to turn thirteen, and we saw it together, and he loved it, and it still works as an adult kind of thing too i'm also sharing hints for your 52 weeks of christmas if you do want a kind of horror musical comedy one of our followers on twitter someone uh, jared good really really in contact and and one of the highlights of our show is interacting with with people like jared um who who introduce us to new shows we had a gap for christmas this year or, you know at, what were we going to cover he introduced us to the most brilliant horror comedy musical called Anna and the Apocalypse. And if that's not one you've checked out yet, you seriously should. It's just so good. The songs are amazing. The characters are great. It's just, and, and, you know, it's Shaun of the Dead, but with music. It's great. <laughs> I'd love to throw in something new. Yeah, into I, I, that would I, be great. I don't know that. I have to go revisit our list. <laughs> it sounds like you guys have had a lot of aha moments. Have you guys have been watching cultural things, gender issues that maybe you're, you know, you're wanting to kind of mull over? What were some of the biggest memorable moments for you guys? Whether it's something like where you really changed each other's minds, or you know, maybe just you know everything fell apart and someone ran in nude and everything went crazy, whatever. <laughs> but just some sort of memorable moment that happened for you guys. We had initially, there was, there was a week, we'd, it was the first time we'd ever ran a poll. We, we, we got really excited. There was a few options. So we had Legally Blonde up there. We had SpongeBob SquarePants the Musical mm-hmm. up there. And we had South Pacific up there. And we got really excited. SpongeBob won the poll. And then we couldn't find SpongeBob. It had gone, you know, it was, it was, it was a limited time YouTube in the UK that had gone. So we thought, okay, we'll go to South Pacific. And then we sat to record and that had disappeared. And it was just like, 
everything, all of these plans, you know, we carefully thought about, right, we're going to do this poll. Everything's going to be so carefully done. And then it all fell apart. And we ended up going with Legally Blonde, but it was just like, right. Literally everything we wanted to do was just gone and disappearing one after the other. And I refused to watch the South Pacific movie. And I just wanted to watch the Kelly O'Hara filmed stage version. And it wasn't there anymore. And I was very upset. Isn't it crazy, even still today, how hard it is to find film stage versions of these classic shows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always shocking. But like, yeah, I have. I should be able to find a version. I'm I'm currently looking for a version of Company. I can 100% send you a version of Company. I, I would appreciate Whoa. that. I would appreciate it's that. It's the Neil Patrick Harris one. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I've been looking to bone up on my Sondheim. It's a real deficiency yeah. uh, for me, so... I like that you're boning up on your Songheim. Look at I, you. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a blind spot because I like all of the things I come across of his, but there's so much I haven't, like, seen. So, sure, yeah. uh, sure. Though I did not like Assassins when I saw it. The revival back in 2002 mm. or three. Uh, Into the Woods, man? Come on. That's fantastic. Yes. One of the joys of this show is, is being exposed to more Sondheim because mm-hmm. before we'd started this, the only Sondheim I had ever seen was Sweeney Todd, which is fantastic. Sweeney Todd is a great show. And, you know, the movie is obviously like a very bastardized version of it where there's a lot that's been cut. But as an introduction to the world and those characters, it's great. But seeing Into the Woods, seeing Company, seeing Gypsy, seeing a lot of his other shows... Mm-hmm. He is someone I've I've grown to have a real love for. Just wish I'd seen more when I was younger. Yeah, I think my favourite thing on the podcast as well is when you recognise people and I mention like a composer or like a director and you're like, oh, we've had that person before. And I'm like, oh, he's learning things. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) He's a lifelong learner. He's doing it, Mike. It's It's happening. Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. (laughs) Yes. Well, some and but some of the revivals, though, you know, they were so consumed with if they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Yeah, so. I was gonna do that same choke, you weasel. That's well. so funny. <laughs> yeah, but I just said I, I saw Into the Woods with the the revival with Vanessa Williams. That was, and that was yeah. the first time I had seen it. I had I had not seen it or heard the music beforehand, and I was kind of blown away. God, it's like nineteen years ago now, but. Uh, yeah, so pretty fantastic, and I thought they did a good job. I think that's one of the very actually film film adaptations that I actually did like. I think it helps that they let Sondheim be in charge. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. That, that needs to happen more often. Drew, did you give us your favorite memory? So when we we started the podcast because we moved in together, and then the UK went into lockdown the next day. Oh my gosh! And, <laughs> yep. And we did just like, jump right into that yeah. situation. <laughs> We've been married ten years at this point. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I think we had we've had like a ten year relationship in the span of like six months of being in lockdown. <laughs> but after like a month of me being like, "Oh, what movie do you want to watch?" Here's my list of musicals that we could watch this evening to cheer me up because we're in lockdown. And you were just like, "I'm buying a microphone." Like we're, we're just gonna make a podcast. I think, like, I know that's not a podcast memory, of, like of things on the show. Sure but just it the is. That it you is. were like, I'm sick of you asking me to watch musicals, right. <laughs> and someone else is gonna hear our voices. Damn it! It's right. not just gonna be the two of us talking <laughs> at each other's faces. <laughs> that's it. We had this issue where we had the list and we had this plan to to do this show. And every time Drew was saying, oh, I really want to watch this, I thought, that's great. But if we watch it now, that means we can't cover it for the show. So we did do Sound of Music over Mm. Christmas um, of 2019 when the world was normal. And I just thought, you know, we can't cover that anymore. You're like, nope, I just, I need to watch Sound of Music. So we did. Yeah. And, (laughs) love that. you know, I think that's a good memory. You know, the commitment of, yeah, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The origin story. Everyone loves one. I mean, everyone has to have one. So you guys talk to me about guests. Talk to me about people who that you, you may have had on people you want to have on and who is a dream guest alive or dead alive or dead the dream guest yeah, you can pick whoever. i know i know that's always so weird right <laughs> we have to add that in like like we could totally rise them from the dead we'll get out the ouija board you've got Brilliant. the way way back machine yes please we haven't actually had any guests on yet but we are thinking of it we, we, we've got a few ideas you know it's especially you know when we come to holiday season for, for teachers over here that we can you know, look to to guest feature people. Mm-hmm. That would be, you know, awesome. And there's, you know, there's a lot of creative people out there that we've spoken to that work within the industry that we're just eager to find a way on. 
and other musical podcasts who are amazing and like I listen to and I'm like please come on my show <laughs> please oh, please come and talk to me that's an aha moment so people like musical theater mash oh my god yeah when they followed us on twitter unprompted like we you know we hadn't followed them mm. yet and that was an aha moment that people who inspired us to do this show following yeah. us that was pretty cool Definitely. i love that i love you guys uh, do you guys listen to off book an improvised musical oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, with uh jess mckenna and zach reno they're fantastic mm-hmm. uh, and big musical theater heads i think yeah that we'd love to have guests of not even other musical theatre podcasters, but, you know, like, a, you know, one of the things that we'd like to do is more bonus episodes with what's your favourite musical, you mm-hmm. know, where somebody comes on and there's there's an awesome podcast that I listen to called uh, Not Before Coffee and it's fantastic and the host of it, Ray, is just such a delight. You know, she talks about movies, books, her mental health and it's just amazing and she's told me that one of her favourite shows is a Sherman Brothers um the rose and the slipper in the rose which mm-hmm. is another version of cinderella i would love to have her on the show where she just talks me through her favorite musical and why you know that for me would be awesome the dream guests we both have the same name oh yeah it's just john barrowman yeah <laughs> like we love him he's fantastic everyone should love john barrowman i'm suspect of people who don't love john barrowman <laughs> When we covered the producers, you teased me for an entire week saying this this show has my favourite actor ever. So I thought, oh, is it Julie Andrews? <laughs> and I couldn't couldn't for the life of me figure it out. And we're both huge Doctor Who fans. We're mm-hmm. both big Torchwood fans. We've both been lucky enough to meet John Barrowman at different mm-hmm. conventions or you at Stage Door for concerts. Yeah. I I just couldn't twig. I forgot that he was a musical personality. And we're watching the producers and you just start prodding me and just like watch. And then <laughs> John Barrowman comes marching out singing Springtime for Hitler. And I just thought, <laughs> oh my God. And it's just the best moment. That again is a, we sometimes joke about, we wish we had a YouTube channel of just our reactions to <laughs> movies and watching it. And sometimes it'd be boring, but there are moments where it's just like, oh my God. God. Yeah. Your reaction to that was it amazing. It would absolutely be worth it. I, there's a YouTube channel where this lady just like folds laundry and watches TV and it's like she's actively folding her laundry and reacting to shows. It's really funny. You guys can manifest this, John Byroman, very interactive with fans and always willing to do something, especially after a year of lockdown. You might Let's be able to get him on the happen, show. People. Uh, he is a ton of fun. I've met him a couple times at different conventions. My favorite John Barrowman in person memory is I think it was in your Comic-Con from a couple of years ago. He left the panel and jumped down into the audience and yeah. be- and began the person holding the microphone, who's normally just like one of like the crew people. And he's mm-hmm. the one who was doing the moderating, like you line up in the rows. And he was the one holding the microphone people for people to speak into two people on the panel. But except for he was he was the head of the panel. He was like <laughs> the main guest at the panel kind of thing. It was very funny. He is so it's lovely. So cool. So my aunt is a really big fan of him as well. And she used to take me to his concerts because she said nobody else would go with her. So I would go to his concerts with her. And I ended up sat next to his husband at one of them and just sat and chatted with him for like half an hour after the show ended. And he was like spent the entire time making fun of how John Barrowman had performed that night. It was incredible. <laughs> like in the way that you do make fun of your partner. It was great. That's fantastic. Guys, you've been so gracious giving us your time this afternoon. As we start to wrap up, talk to us about things that we can be looking forward to next for It's a Musical Podcast. Are there any more bonus episodes you're thinking about? What are episodes coming up that people that you're particularly excited about that people should be aware of? Is there any kind of Patreon or any other side projects? Maybe you're going to add a Spotify list of your you know songs that go with your episodes. We have been quietly assembling Patreon content in the background um, and hoping to launch that at some point soon. We've kind of thought about, you know, Drew's introduced me to a lot of things I should have seen by now, but mm-hmm. what if the tables were kind of reversed and I introduced Drew to musical movies that she hasn't seen that I have so we've got some interesting content there and some you know covering tv show musicals so you know tv episodes like once upon a time or Riverdale so there's some exciting patreon stuff on the horizon we have got a few bonus episodes you know we are looking at uh you know a few more quiz episodes mm-hmm. where Drew 
tests my you know as the teachers we are tests my knowledge going forward yeah I want to know how much you've actually learned from this year of uh, me forcing you to listen to musicals it's interesting you mentioned Disney and nostalgia because we have thought about a you know a potential once a month looking at the Disney musicals in order and and how because I've seen the majority of them anyway we'd love to cover them and talk about them so we're thinking of maybe doing a long form sub series where you know we we look at the nostalgia element how well have they aged do they hold up you know when we're in our 30s mm-hmm. i'm 13 when you're 26 so there's you know a few interesting projects in the pipeline there yeah tv wise i don't know if you guys have watched it just again just an unsolicited recommendation uh fossey verdon from fx from last year uh i don't know if you, if you guys have, have not watched it you should give it a give it a go i thought it was That'd a pretty good one Mm-hmm. It was a fantastic look at uh, Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon and, and Ranking, who eventually kind of replaces Gwen Verdon in his life. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell. Really fantastic job. So I'm going to shamelessly plug myself because I do all of our episode artwork. So every week I do the artwork that goes out on our Spotify and everywhere else. And I have an art Instagram where I post all of those things and a TikTok where I post videos where I make those. And it's just called Icarus Illustration. I love that. We want to hear all your plugs. Tell us where else we can we can find you guys. That's my job. So uh, I will always fluff this up somehow. The amount of takes, you know, people have said, why don't you just do like a generic take that you copy and paste in? And I think, well, no, I like to be able to react to maybe what we've spoken about this episode. But Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the Amazon Music Podcast app, Stitcher Radio and Podbean are a few of the podcast sites that we know we are on there might be more that i've never heard of but those are the the big six that we promote each week which again you know another aha moment when we figured out how to get on apple because yeah we we've been listening to apple podcasts for you know as long as podcasts have existed and to be like wow we're on apple that felt like a we've made it moment you know we're no longer amateurs we're or enthusiasts we it felt more professional to be able to say we can be found on apple you guys are making me smile so big i love when you're like no i'm not gonna record it like i love your emphaticness you're like no (laughs) well it's important it's important to react in real time though how many times do we you and i every every time we finish an episode don't forget to read something silly yeah we could you know we could always (laughs) we could record that but it's not the same you want to get it in the moment (laughs) you always end up saying something hilarious where you're like rate review or else we're going to come to your house and (laughs) do something weird (laughs) Yeah, we've had a few birthdays where we've been kind of playing up the, you know, oh, please make our day and, you know, give us a little birthday (laughs) present. You know, like it's it's fun, but you you wouldn't be able to do that if if it was pre-recorded. But we should probably also plug our one review more. Yeah, so (laughs) we're going to have to start singing. You know, you know, things like that. Especially we can we can. uh, theme them you know we've just done funny girl we should have done like a greatest review ever i am the greatest review i don't know that's down to you <laughs> that is i will to... not be singing on the podcast <laughs> and that's you know amazing. we should also plug the social media accounts you know please do instagram and twitter at it's a musical pod i didn't get social media before this show and you kind of threw me in the deep end and said here you go manage the accounts i'm yep. like you know steadily learning it myself yeah and we love talking to people so please message us because we like talking about musicals and danny gets sick of me sometimes so <laughs> hey you know what that works perfectly because over at pod clubhouse we're all about mixing and matching hosts so every month we come out with like a variety of things that we're going to review and we throw it out to our our huge network now of uh, podcasting friends and uh, you guys are definitely invited to come on over and we'll throw out stuff to you guys and if you don't if you don't come on for anna and the apocalypse i don't even know what we're doing here honestly (laughs) we'll we'll add that to the christmas list if you guys come on and talk to us we will have to it's such a phenomenal show like the majority of our shows are always we you know drew has seen it she's going to talk to me about it there's a few shows that we have covered where neither of us had seen so there was there was anna and the apocalypse Mm -hmm. christmas on the square Pride and Prejudice, a new musical, but and, and the apocalypse. apocalypse was special. Like we just yeah. neither of us expected to have as much fun as we did. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a date, people. We're definitely doing this. We're putting it on the <laughs> calendar. We have forty weeks left to cover, and you will make one of them, you guys. <laughs> yes. For sure, without a doubt. 
It's a it's a fun way to keep counting down to Christmas uh, for us. So. Mike had a whole thing, not unlike you, Drew, when you said you have to watch musicals to keep like a good attitude during all this. Christmas was over. Mike was like, we have got to keep Christmas going on some level because I can't handle quarantine and lockdown without like some happiness to look forward to every week. And I wanted to do Charlie Brown Christmas every week for 52 weeks. And Caroline said, no, <laughs> no, you can't I talk said, about a, 20, one. A, a 25 minute car- badly animated cartoon for 52 weeks. And I said, uh, but I'm such a good sport. She is. So now I've made her watch Bad Santa. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which which oh, not a geez. not a good movie and not a good Christmas movie at all. Oh, but there you go. Terrible. Yeah. So I wanted my life back on that one. <laughs> Out of interest, because I guess I forgot to ask you guys, what are your favorite musicals? Ooh, getting back to the house here, I was asking the kids in the car. They said they thought our favorite as a fam musical would be a toss up between Hamilton and Greece, although I got to lean towards Greece on that one. And mm-hmm. then, and the youngest ones screamed out SpongeBob. So <laughs> those are the last ones we saw on Broadway. So before Broadway shut down, the last couple that we had seen, we saw Annie with them, we saw um, SpongeBob and. We didn't get to see Hamilton, but we just saw it on TV, thankfully. Okay, SpongeBob, though, that is one. I know it sounds so goofy, you guys. But if you saw it in the theater, the way that, you know, most of these, and I know, Drew, you feel this yeah. in your bones, like, mm-hmm. it's something to watch it on TV. But when you're sitting in the seat, and it's all live, and it's all happening, they, they're ending, they do this amazing, like, confetti cannons on top of the kids, and, like, streamers flying down, and it's, like, bananas. <laughs> that, oh, like, yeah. made my kid happy for, like months like she's like remember that time when confetti was on my head and I was like yes (laughs) like it's a whole thing so yeah I mean I think and Greece I mean we've been to the Greece sing-along and all those things when the kids were really small our theater had like a sing-along where you could like dress up and do all kinds of things and we've done that multiple times so yeah Yeah, Greece is a special show I'm actually named after Danny Zuko so that was my mom's gift to me shut up (laughs) and the last school show we did before the world broke was Greece so just Mm -hmm. As, you know the the end times approached we were rushing to finish our school show to make sure we got to showcase it and it was greece you know oh, wow. and that was kind that of culmination great. of a, a, a very meaningful journey for me you know but have you seen that like our cancel cultures like wanting to come down on greece it's like on the hit yeah they want to take it down and say like no we can't watch this anymore i was like mm. oh man can we just think of it as a period piece please yeah because it is now. it yeah, was of a time it's definitely one of those historically you know this is a, a window into that world it's funny that nobody says anything about greece too <laughs> <laughs> well you know we just watched uh, batman returns michelle pfeiffer's in that one and it did actually make me think of greece too so mm. i did have a moment i did have a greece too moment recently. She, is, she is the most pfeifferist in that movie Batman Returns. <laughs> I know. You're all about the Catwoman. He can't wait to talk about that. We're talking about that one today for, for Christmas movies. I was say, so. you've got so many good, like, non-traditional ones. You can cover Iron Man 3 as well. <laughs> we, well, that's funny because we did him. We did uh, Shane Black, right? Uh, yeah. That was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, mm. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is what gets him Iron Man 3. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of funny. We a convo about that, yeah. But we did we did a lot of traditional ones, just so you know. We did do, you know. Yeah, 52 weeks. Yeah, we, we, I mean, and it's kind of crazy back-to-backs. Uh, we're doing Batman Returns and then uh, no spoilers, uh, but it'll be like White listen. Christmas. It'll be like the Bing, Bing Crosby, Danny <laughs> Kay, White Christmas. The yeah, week after that's that. next. So yeah. it's kind of like so. whiplashy. Like you go from like <laughs> bouncing back and forth. So it's to hit a variety of demographics. So you don't watch black and white. It's cool. Hang on. We'll give you some Batman returns. <laughs> uh, oh, so my favorite musical. So Rent, because of it, my own personal reasons of where I was when it came out and, and, and how many times I got to see it and just experience it uh, over the time, it remains my my favorite uh hamilton is great i've seen hamilton twice uh in 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 the theater uh and definitely worth the hype but i think probably les mis um mm-hmm. stands the yeah. time for me i still regularly listen to the original like london cast recording with colm wilkinson same uh, you know from the moment the score starts the overture starts the three overtures start uh, <laughs> all the way through the end i regularly will just spend two, two hours listening to that Man, now you're making me think, Mike, because I'm like thinking, like, okay, hold on. I saw 42nd Street in the Kennedy Center 
And with the middle kid who is like all about conducting. So she got like an actual conductor's baton from their gift shop. And she conducted that whole show from the box that we were in. (laughs) Yeah, she that now that I think about it, that was probably one of my favorite theater memories for sure. I've spent a lot of time. All of my disposable income for a long period of time went to go see shows. He's he's an amazing like location for shows. I mean, he's like didn't just head on right over to Broadway, no problem. Yeah, so I uh, you know or just go down to TKTS and like roll the die and what am I going to see today? Oh, so that's the way to live. One, it was a great date move when I was in my early twenties. <laughs> Be like, hey, yeah. lady, let's go see a show. I'm going to take it to the Olive hey, Garden. Hey, lady, in- let's go see a show. I'm going to take it to the Olive Garden in Times Square, and then we're going to go see a Broadway show. You know, Smooth. I mean that's essentially why we're dating, right? So. Yeah. Because yeah, he said, hey, lady, let's go see a show. Why don't you be my dame tonight and come see a show with me? Hmm? Oh I think God. I was the one saying, hey, lady. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Danny was like, oh, yeah. Definitely changes a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Swing. Swing. Oh, my God. He his, got the his left leg popped up. <laughs> yeah. I've been known many an occasion to have a, a popping up left leg. So. <laughs> I want to see this. Now I need this YouTube channel. If I don't see a popped up left leg on that YouTube channel, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> Watch this face. <laughs> oh my God. I just, want awesome. to hear, I just want to hear Drew talking about a woman having a lack of hair from her chest. I don't know. Just a, <laughs> like a real grease moment. I don't, that's something about oh that. my so, God. Anyway, that's guys, amazing. you've been fantastic. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us at the clubhouse. We appreciate Thank your you time. Thank you for having us. We've had an absolute blast. It really has been. <laughs> Guys, don't forget, oh if you're listening, go check out It's a Musical Podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get listen uh, to your podcasts. And don't forget, while you're there, to rate, review, and subscribe to all of Pod Clubhouse's podcasts. Uh, leave us five stars so you don't have to have me going to the heavy side lair without having gotten a review from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.